This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Strike called on Henry. Quick breaking curve through the middle. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because you'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. Also, try it in cold brew down at the DNVR bar. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And today, I was, I was going to say it's it's the day of, but we have a uh, Wednesday. With, I, I don't know what day it is. We're doing a DFA show, everybody. We're having some fun today. We get to play games and mess around, update you on the 20th and Blaze, who are the guys outside of the core contributing the most for your Colorado Rockies right now. But first, we wanted to jump into some big conversations around the game of baseball, uh, partly because it's always fun to talk about, you know, the updated, where are we at with MVP and Cy Young and who were the favorites to play in the World Series this year. But it's even more fun because the Colorado Rockies actually have a part of each one of those conversations. And so uh, it's going to be an interesting set of guys to go through and, and teams to go through. Uh, let's begin, Patrick, with I think the most obvious one from the Colorado Rockies standpoint, which is that Charlie Blackman has got to be, if not the de facto MVP, this one of the strongest leading candidates for that position. And so who are some of the other people? We know we've been talking about what Charlie Blackman's been doing. I mean, since he's been doing it every single day that he's been doing it. That's what we do here. Uh, but how do some other folks compare to what Blackman has been able to accomplish so far in this season? Well, I love how you preface this conversation because, you know, with what we're trying to do on the DFA show and examine how great baseball is in general, a lot of that means what's outside of Colorado. There's a lot of great that goes on at Coors Field and within the Rockies organization, but there are 29 other teams that have a lot of amazing players that play in also beautiful stadiums and things of that nature. And when you're just talking about the best of the best, oftentimes the Rockies can be forgotten about it. But as you pointed out, the Rockies are front and center of a lot of these top five, top ten lists of best players. And yes, Charlie Blackman on my list of top MVP candidates, he's number one right there. But right behind him is a young man by the name of Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Now, Tatis is, I believe he's still just about the third youngest player 
in the game right now, had a fantastic rookie season last year, and were it not for an injury that kind of wiped away uh, a month and a half of his season, he probably would have challenged Pete Alonso for NL MVP. Of course, he didn't have those same home run totals and historic record-breaking home run totals, but he certainly was electric, did it defensively, has a lot of the flash, and he's doing that again at the beginning of this season. So right now in the National League, it really has come down to Charlie Blackman and Fernando Tatis. Yeah, when you hit six home runs in a week, you put yourself into conversations, especially in a season where there's only so many weeks. And it's it's funny, Patrick, because when that team came to Coors Field, and you may have heard this before, it's a decent place to hit, uh, Tatis did not have a good series, other than really a bad mistake pitch that he hit against Wade Davis that obviously tied that game. So that had to put some confidence in him, and apparently he took off from there. But he was he struck out a bunch in that series. He didn't. I think that might have been his only hit in the whole series. If not, he only had another couple. And then he just went off after leaving Coors Field, which is a little bit strange. But I think you're right. I think it's one A, one B for for Blackman and Tatis at this point. They're pretty far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think there's a lot of guys who have hit at Petco Park that have tallied 40 or more home runs in a season just because it's just a, almost a barren wasteland for fly balls. Marine layer, baby. Quote-unquote marine layer. That's right. So, you know, Tatis uh, could be the first one among that group. Now, in the American League, I think the favorite uh, right now is Mike Trout. He did miss a couple games because, you know, his family was giving birth to, to his son. So, uh, that being said, he's still at the, the leader leaderboard uh, for the American League. And, and right behind him right now, you could make the case it's Aaron Judge, but I would actually make the case, and I'm sure Yankees fans would as well, but DJ LeMahieu, uh, yeah. a good old steady uh, here in Colorado, is probably neck and neck with Mike Trout. We'll see what happens with the Angels season. They look like they're poised to probably get a playoff spot, so that could help Trout's chances. And with a shortened season, you know, everything's going to kind of come out in a wash, and it could be one more of those historic uh, MVP votes of, well, you know what, they're all about neck and neck. I think Trout deserves to have an MVP on his Hall of Fame plaque versus a guy like DJ LeMahieu when eh, it's only his second year, you know, knocking on that door. So those are the two guys that I see as uh, the most valuable players in the AL right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with those as well. And, of course, it sparked the debate once again about – DJ LeMayhew and what the Colorado Rockies did. And I've said this once before, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep this to the very short version. Just so everyone knows and remembers out there, there was never a decision of Daniel Murphy over DJ LeMayhew. That is not how things played out. We can get into the details of that some other time because we've got plenty else to talk about on this show. But it, it, Jeff Breidich never chose Daniel Murphy over DJ LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhew and his agent chose to test free agency and ask for more money than anyone was willing to give them, including the Rockies. And they ended up going a cheaper route. And at the very end of the offseason, LeMayhew had to settle for less. So, And he wasn't even going to start for the Yankees. It's, it's, it's amazing to see just how underrated this guy was. But he's out there doing his thing. Uh, good to see an old friend still having some success. And, and the ironic symmetry between him and Charlie Blackman, and uh, I'm sure they're very aware of it as well. Two very, very close friends uh, in this game of baseball. Patrick, who else 
is sort of lingering around those conversations or do you think is about to jump right into them? Well, again, just having three weeks of play, you know, you could just look at the top of any leaderboard and, and you could shout out a guy like Mike Yastrzemski, who's you know, playing incredibly well after being almost sure. a career minor leaguer. You know, he finally gets an opportunity with San Francisco last year. Uh, does an amazing job as as their leadoff hitter has about a twenty percent walk rate. He's been fantastic. Starling Marte really helped his cause over the past three sure. days sure. at Coors Field. Uh, Who, as I, don't I mentioned, remember that. Who would, I don't recall any of yeah. that. Yeah. What, what uh, uh, Matt Chapman is another one of those guys where if you really believe in what him. Oakland's doing, he's at the forefront of. You know, the, the American League pitcher, he, uh, picture, he might even be right behind LeMayhew, neck and neck with Judge. You know, that's there's going to be some categories where some guys jump out in front more than others. And I think it's just the overall, you know, picture of, of what you're seeing from guys. So those are really the front runners. But at any point, Mookie Betts, who's having a, a, a really solid year, could go ahead and, and, and make his case uh, for the MVP discussion. Uh, there's a few other guys. We know Trevor Story is, is probably still ready to pop off a little bit more at the plate. Nolan Arenado has yet to really engage uh, fully in that MVP conversation. So a lot of season left, but but a lot of the same familiar faces that you might used to be hearing from. No love for Donovan Solano. No. No, I, I, I don't really believe in him. He's no. he's he's same. one of the leaders in, in right. war too. I'm glad right. you brought that up, you know, and his I believe his fifteen game hit streak is still active, yeah. uh, unlike Charlie Blackman's, but I, I don't anticipate Solano to to continue uh down the same road as as Mikey Stremsky, but uh we'll see. It remains to be seen. <laughs> I mean who knows? Who even knows what's gonna happen out there? All right. We do have to toast to the MVPs and to the, the next people we're going to talk about. Got my vanilla porter here on the off day, drinking some Breck brew. Got mine across the street at the King's Supers. You can also get them down at the DNVR bar. Very great place to take in a Breck brew and a sports game. I think today as we're recording on this Thursday is the last time for quite a while that none of your Colorado sports teams are going to be playing. So plenty of opportunities to get down there to the bar, take in a game, have yourself a Breck, keep yourself nice and safe and socially distanced. Also, get out to the farmhouse. Really help them out there. Get some delicious food. The Breck brew right from the people that make it. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use that code DNVR. You'll save five bucks off your purchase of both the food and the beer which is a pretty sweet deal. All right, Patrick, let's go to the mound. Usually when the drinking starts, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they say, right? Um, who now, uh, in this place, I do think that Herman Marquez of the Colorado Rockies is sort of hanging around this conversation, but he's not like Charlie Blackman where you're going, yeah, he's come out incredible and he struck out everybody and he's, you know, nothing but shutouts. So in the NL Cy Young race, and again, we're early, but who are the early leaders? Yeah, Marquez was one of those guys that I, I put on the short list as an honorable mention, obviously, as you know, the, the ace of the Rockies staff right now. And again, if you're just going by war, Antonio Cinzatella is up there. I don't think he's uh, really going to compete for that right now. But uh, if we're staying in, in the National League, uh, the front runner probably is going to be Trevor Bauer at this point. Now, he's only made three starts versus 
four starts to a guy like Kyle Hendricks. But Bauer's strikeout numbers have just been so phenomenal and and quite literally off the charts that it's it's going to be his race to lose. And you know, we knew going into the season with guys only making about twelve starts, this would obviously be a record low for wins. So it it really doesn't matter. In fact, a guy like Luis Castillo has been rather unlucky in his four starts. Uh, he's zero and two. Yet again, if you're looking at wins above replacement, he's you know he's right there. He's back in second in the National League. So um, it, it's very fluid right now uh, in that aspect because you have such a smaller you know sample size, a smaller base of games to work from. But uh, in the National League, Trevor Bauer has to be the front runner. Kyle Hendricks, again, leading that Chicago Cubs staff, along with you, Darvish, who I think also may end right. up getting some love. But certainly, uh, by no means should you count out you know, guys like Jacob deGrom. Uh, Zach Greinke sure. has looked really well. Same with Max Scherzer, 275 ERA across four starts. So it's going to be the same typical guys. But the cool thing about this shortened season is that it's an opportunity for some different guys to maybe get a little love. And again, it's it's... It's a small window that we're talking about, but it's it's still important to see, well, who can even have an ace-like status for four games? Because even that is incredibly hard to do. So that's the nice thing about what Marquez has done uh, in his handful of starts. People are starting to realize they're going back and looking and saying, well, maybe his ERA has only been in the mid-threes, but he's been doing that at Coors Field for the last couple of years. He's 25 years old. Oh, my gosh. We really should keep our eye on this guy a little bit more, and maybe you know take into consideration uh, 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 an ERA that can be in flux because of you know Coors Field. So it's nice to see guys like him, uh, as well as a few others, getting that shine right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about Trevor Bauer's strikeout numbers, man. He's got 32 strikeouts in 19.1 innings. That's a strikeout rate of 14.9, basically 15 strikeouts. For nine innings that's like elite closer stuff and he's doing that as a starter so that'll probably come down but yeah if he maintains that he'll run away with the thing uh and then interestingly enough you know uh oh where was he i just had him here on on the list kyle freeland up there uh you know with the 245 era obviously not getting the strikeouts but in the top 20 in major league baseball in terms of Preventing runs is something that, you know, has been his calling card. He's never had the huge strikeout numbers, but if he continues to keep that down, he, you, you never know. You never know, though I don't think he's, he's going to get into the conversation. Oh, no, Patrick froze. We lost him. We lost him out to sea, quite possibly. Oh. Kyle Freeland is filthy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> he's filthy man he is it that's 100 percent true uh yeah a lot of the other guys with the big strikeout numbers are all american league pitchers shane bieber uh with a ton of strikeouts so far he's the only other guy kind of up there in trevor bauer territory uh sonny gray yeah the cincinnati reds pitching staff uh, between trevor bauer and sonny gray sitting there with a 225 era also over 13 strikeouts per nine innings so been very, very impressed uh, with the Cincinnati Reds pitching staff, to be sure. Uh, I do think that Herman Marquez, though, is going to, to continue to get better and better throughout the year, and, and he's going to have those games, and the ERA will come down a little bit, and he'll have the strikeouts that Kyle Freeland isn't going to have, and, and then the two of them are probably going to start splitting votes 
with each other. Uh, some person, very specific, I appreciate that, says, sadly, the Psy is usually going to strike out leaders, but Freeland is great at grounders, which is awesome to see at Coors Field. And totally. And it's great to see Freeland have, like, no ego about that whatsoever and just say, you know what, I'm going to get those ground balls. I'm going to do the thing that I know helps my team win baseball games, the way he induces double plays, the way he trusts his defense. It's always really funny to me when people use a stat like fielding independent pitching, right? And they say, oh, well, this guy's been really lucky because he's getting a bunch of help from his defense. It's like, and some guys know how to pitch into a defense better than others. Some guys know how to pitch into the shift better than others. And Kyle Freeland is one of those guys who knows how to purposefully induce uh, even a specific kind of weak contact with the pitches that he has in his arsenal. So you do have to tip your cap to Kyle Freeland in those kinds of instances. And and if it goes on, you know, if, if he does it again this year, we'll be right there banging the drum saying he needs to be in the conversation, bringing up this point that Will is saying about how pitchers who pitch at Coors Field need to get additional credit, um, trying to make sure that they don't split the votes between those guys because how could you possibly have two Rockies pitchers in the top? Like, all of that stuff. So, we'll be there. We'll be there pushing for it. But, obviously, the onus is going to be on those guys to keep it up and keep their names in the conversation. And as long as they do that, your Colorado Rockies are going to be in the mix in the National League. Let's go ahead and remind everybody here about our friends over at MSU Denver online really really awesome opportunity to get some extra education for yourself whether you're starting out a new degree finishing up an old one just picking up a new skill so that you can attack the world in a new way msu dot uh, i'm sorry msudenver.edu slash online is where you go and find all of their courses and classes and i'm telling you they've got responsive teachers they've got all kinds of cool stuff whether you're trying to go super intense and you know get hit the books with the 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 maths you maths people out there you know who you are there's probably a lot of you maths people listening to this more of a philosophy guy myself got a couple of aristotle books to read and converse with other intelligent people about them but whatever your motivation if you go to msudem.edu online you're gonna find something for you make yourself quite a bit smarter which is always a good thing to do. So as we're hoping we get Patrick in here before too long, wanted to go ahead and give a couple of looks around the league at the favorites for the World Series. Again, now we're 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 early here, but we we got a pretty good idea early on of some of the teams we know, like the Yankees, it's not a surprise, also at 12 and 6, just like the Colorado Rockies. You know, it was always going to be the Rockies and the Yankees, Yankees and the Rockies, those were the teams that was going to be at the top of the league. Uh, but no, that, that's a talented team that you expect to be there. Uh, as Patrick mentioned, they've got two guys with Aaron Judge and DJ LeMahieu in the MVP conversation. Anytime you got that going on, you're going to be in a pretty good spot. As you move into the middle of the country in the American League there, 
the Minnesota Twins, as expected, atop that division that I was not expecting to be very good. There had been, you know, some strides forward made by both the Tigers and the White Sox, and that is showing off in their records with uh, Detroit at 9-7 and seven and Chicago at 10-9. and nine. And Cleveland there at 10-9 and nine means that they've got four teams in the AL Central, which I thought was going to be this just awful division, all above 500. And then right behind them, the Kansas City Royals at 8-11 and 11 aren't terrible either. They're kind of hanging around that conversation. And so there's quite a bit of parity there in the American League Central. Uh, I do think that the Tigers and White Sox lack of depth means that they're going to fade. I think Cleveland and Minnesota will separate themselves in that division. And I think both uh, Cleveland and Minnesota are legitimate candidates Those are threats. Those are contenders. Those are teams that absolutely could win the World Series. Uh, So uh, out west, Oakland, obviously the big team. You know, they went on a little bit of a run after the Rockies took two of two from them there in their house. Uh, They went under, I think they went nine straight before dropping one. They sit there with the most wins in all of baseball at this point at 13 and six so they're the only team in baseball that has played all of their games that has more wins than the colorado rockies though there's there's a bunch of them there with 12 as i mentioned the yankees the twins and as we move to the national league the cubs at 12 and 3 the cubs have not played all of their games that is not their fault it's mostly the fault of the no it's entirely the fault of the st louis cardinals but still they do have at that record, the best winning percentage in baseball at a cool 80 or 800, so 80% of their games that they've won on the season. Look out for those Chicago Cubs. Um, Will mentioning that they had two walk-off grand slams in a week. So that's probably not sustainable. You figure they're going to cool off. Oh, the A's. The A's had two walk-off grand. Well, and they're going to cool off a little bit too. But the Cubs... I still think are going to cool off there. Um, but as we talked about in this early or this short season, you can't rule anybody out. The Cincinnati Reds, as we talked about, being buoyed by their fantastic pitching, sitting there at a cool 8-10. and 10. Not a good record, but not a terrible one and one that you can live with if you're just trying to make the postseason in this we- weird year, which I think would be a win. For the Reds, the fact that they're ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers there at seven and nine, uh, the Brewers expect bigger things from themselves. I think they'll probably kick it into gear and finish ahead of the Reds. Still, Cincinnati's got to feel decent about the way they've played so far. St. Louis doesn't get to be a part of this conversation until they can prove that they get to play baseball and be on the field sitting there at two and three. It's ridiculous. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have only won three baseball games on the year sitting there at three and 13 that's a 188 win percentage so if you're starting to look for teams that might be sellers you you want to know who can the rockies go out and pillage and this year there's not going to be a ton maybe start going through that pittsburgh pirates lineup and seeing who you like out there looks like we got patrick back i ran through the american league already but let's get you in on on any of this stuff uh (laughs) uh, i think um I think the American League favorite still does have to be the Yankees overall. I, did, I didn't coalesce that. So I, I do think 
the the A's are will cool off just a little bit. I like both the Twins and the Cleveland baseball team, but uh, I think that uh, the Yankees are going to be the class of the American League until proven otherwise. Yeah, a lot of you know ranking teams right now just has to do with you know what have you done for me lately for this three week stretch. Um, that being said, all those teams, the Yankees, Twins. Uh, and I have Oakland as the third best team in the American League, fifth overall. Uh, I think they are the, the class of the of the junior circuit. So I, I think you know there's going to be a lot more competition there as far as the top of the pack. You know I don't I don't think Houston's really going to be able to snap back as they just don't have the starting pitching right now with too many guys out. Uh, we mentioned it the other day they had a guy who only pitched a, uh, at high A last year. So they're really just kind of scrapping together and, and bringing it. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, are they've they've fallen on some hard times, yet they're right behind the Yankees right there. So I think they're a team that you can just never count on, and uh, rather you can not, never count against, and uh, you can always count on them having an interesting team. Same thing with Oakland. You might not you might go up and down their roster and really not know too many of the names, especially when you start getting to guys that are on the bench or guys that are in the bullpen. But every year they they do it and. A lot of it is through development, is, is finding those diamonds in the rough. And, um, and you know, with, with the, you're talking about the, the West and the competition that's there. I think it is one of the more balanced divisions overall uh, between the AL and NL West, whereas I don't know you necessarily have that in the other two regions. I think the AL East and the NL East is probably a little bit more balanced, especially when you look at how well Baltimore has been playing, which is crazy, and how well Miami has been playing which might even be crazier than that, uh, yeah. considering all that they've had to go through. So uh, the Rockies are, are, are going to have their hands full, to say the least, but the, the 12, and five, uh, 12 and 6 start has been vital to any of the success. Oh, no. Oh, Patrick's Wi-Fi hamsters are absolutely betraying him today. He doesn't have the Garrett hamsters right now. He's got Garrett Atkins hamsters. That's what he's got. He's got the slow, cankles ass Wi-Fi hamsters, and he out. He gone. He gone out of there. Oh, absolutely brute. I feel like Patrick was in the middle of, of a really great point, too. I don't know what it was. I assume it was a really great point. But, um, yeah, no, just that there are, are some of these teams that are competing that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Uh, Miami, it's a, it's a fun and weird story that, you know, with their, like, satellite team, they went out there and did some stuff. But I, I don't you never know. It's a crazy season, but I don't, I don't think that's going to hold. I think Atlanta will be the class of that division. Weird to see Philadelphia struggling mightily early on with the 5-8 and eight record, and then you know more or less you've been paying attention what's going on out here in the NL West with the Dodgers a half game back of your Colorado Rockies there with a 12-7 and seven record. The Rockies sitting there at the 12-6. and six. So... Yeah, pretty good stuff all around the game of baseball, I would say, so far in terms of just having the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals be the two main teams that have been majorly affected by the COVID thing and haven't been able to get all of their games in. And nobody other than maybe the Pirates, and really even them, is completely out of it at this point. But you can start looking around at some of those teams to pillage if you want. I think the Giants will fall off, but it's hard to make in-season trades. Uh, Philadelphia might look to move 
something if they really are just going to have a bad season, but don't expect to get any of their, you know, big star players. Washington is a team that I could see also selling off some interesting pieces, but I don't think the Rockies are going to go out. What was the, the question I saw from some person? Uh, do we get another starter or any position that we can possibly upgrade? Um, I, I think that the Rockies will be looking into that bullpen, and I think that that's the place to be looking, especially after we saw how those last couple of games unfolded at Coors Field. It's always a bit more difficult. To get a starter, typically you've got to move a top prospect to make that happen, and the Rockies have been reluctant to do so because that's been their best method for building is bringing up top prospects, whether you're talking about Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman back in the day or Trevor Story a few years ago or when it was all of these pitchers that are there now with Freeland and Gray and Marquez. All of these guys were prospects that they could have traded for a more established player at some point, but they hung on to them, and I, I think they'll continue to do that. And out there in the field, I, th- I think they feel like they've got the talent. They're just Some of the guys uh, need to click a little bit more, but as long as they're you know playing winning baseball, uh, they're not going to panic in those terms. So I, I think the most likely move for the Colorado Rockies at or before the trade line is going to be in the bullpen. In fact, if you were to bet on it, I don't know if you can bet on that. I'm going to have to double check what DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer if they've got anything specifically for the trade deadline. That would be an absolutely fascinating thing to bet on. I know you can bet from at-bat to at-bat, which is, to me, like just absolutely phenomenal because there have been times in my life where I felt like I knew exactly what was going to happen in one individual at-bat. Certainly not throughout the, uh, the entire game, but... You get that feel, you know, when a guy comes up. And if you've got the app, you can just reach over, you grab your phone, you go there to DraftKings Sportsbook, and you go, I got 10 bucks on this dude hitting a home run. If he does it, you can win a decent amount of money. Uh, and if not, oh, well, it was fun. A little bit of skin in the game always makes things a little bit more fun. That's how I always look at it. Put in a couple of low-dollar amounts, and you can have a lot of fun just enjoying the game in a new way. So again, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win 252 week. Oh, no, wait, that's that's the one. For, I, I got to read the right one. Excuse me. Excuse me. I got to do that. I'm going to start that one over because for a limited time, what all new users get is a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more for all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 on all first-round playoff action. Again, that's promo code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Four seven zero zero. And before we get into this final segment of the day, I will just agree with an all-time commenter here. A little too much, a little too late again, saying more bard. I feel like the poet needs to take over innings seven and eight. First of all, 100% in on the nickname the poet. And yeah, I would agree. More bard. More bard. And I think you're going to see more bard. And so... We present to you the final segment of today, something we introduced to you last week, 
where we go through some of the players outside of the core, the top seven who we know this team's success is going to rely on fundamentally, but they're going to need those other guys to play well. And so we take a look at 20th and Blaze Street. Ooh, with the fire. You got to love the fire. 20th and Blaze. All right. Now, it's probably not the best of news that most of the guys who were on this list last week are no longer on this list. Um, Kemp cooled off considerably. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else was on there. Senzatella didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a great game, and so it was hard to justify putting him on the list. And so... (laughs) In, in one way, the guys who were on the list, it's good that they're all doing well now. On the other hand, you know, there, there is a bittersweetness to the fact that some of the guys uh, who were performing, who were on the list before, are just not performing. But that being said, let's start with number five, the guy who came out of his slump in a big way over the weekend for the Colorado Rockies against the Arizona Diamondbacks, Rymel Tapia. Showing you why he continues to be an intriguing piece for Bud Black to put into the lineup. Going out there, getting at 1.5 base hits in the course of six at-bats, driving in some key runs, extending innings, uh, stealing a base and taking third in really what should have been a key early run against Zach Gallen that the Colorado Rockies just weren't able to convert with the bottom part of the lineup. So, The Rockies were needed, desperately needed somebody from the bottom part of the lineup to step up and start showing that they could be a consistent threat. David Dahl continues to struggle. Ryan McMahon continues to struggle, though he did get the big three-run home run. Uh, Tony Walters continues to struggle. Rymal Tapia earned his spot by stepping up and just getting it done with the bat over the weekend. You got to figure he's going to be the DH against righties, especially out on the road moving forward since, as I mentioned a moment ago, Matt Kemp has cooled off a little bit. All right. In at number four, this one is kind of exciting, but also a little bit telling that you got to go with a middle reliever here for the Colorado Rockies at number four. But still, Jeff Hoffman had himself a very nice week and it's good news for the Colorado Rockies if he's going to continue to pitch well whether it's out of the bullpen whether he eventually needs to take over in a starting role if John Gray continues to struggle which I don't think he will but if he does it's nice knowing there's somebody there who might be able to step in if Ryan Castellani turns out to be you know not the guy and maybe that first thing first outing was just a little bit of lightning in a bottle don't say the first outing was just a little bit of lightning in a bottle. That's, that, is that a Lin-Manuel Miranda rap? I think it is. I'm pretty sure that that's a lyric from Lin-Manuel Miranda. But yeah, um, whatever it may be, Jeff Hoffman is either really nice starter insurance who could maybe step in and translate the success that he's finally seeing with his fastball-curveball combination into a starting role, or he'll just be a really decent reliever and maybe even move into a more important role toward the back end of the bullpen. Or in this year, when it is that much more important for those guys to be able to take two or three innings uh, in some of these games, he could just stay right there and serve an incredibly valuable role. So nice 
nice, nice week for Jeff Hoffman. At number three, the one guy who was on the list last week, he continues to hit well, and that is Daniel Murphy. Uh, had a few more, let's call them interesting plays on uh, over at first base. We know his defense isn't always the absolute best, but the guy continues to rake. He's top five in uh, all of Major League Baseball with a 358 batting average. He's hitting the ball into the air a bit more often. Uh, he, he's just been really solid and consistent for the Colorado Rockies at the plate, which is what you needed from him, which is what was expected from him. And if he continues to do that, uh, I think your Colorado Rockies are going to continue to find success. All right. Making his debut in at number two, we talked about him with our guy a little too much, a little too late again, a moment ago, if you follow that whole sentence, and that is reliever Daniel Bard. Huge, huge stuff to come in and get the save in the one game the Rockies did manage to take from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, that was nails stuff. Also a super irony in the fact that he was coaching those guys a year ago and he was able to come in and get the job done. And so, yeah, good, good, good stuff from Daniel Bard, and he's going to have to get more of those innings. Um, he has given up runs this year, you know, still sitting there with the ERA in the mid-threes, but you trust that 98-mile-an-hour fastball, the wicked slider combination. Daniel Bard, I think, is going to be uh, probably your seventh inning guy moving forward de facto. And if Jairo Diaz continues to struggle, he will move into that closer role because Estevez is going to stay where he is. It's just the kind of catch-all eighth inning guy or just be used in the biggest uh, escape, you know, fireman role situation. And at number one, really the biggest positive story from the Colorado Rockies over the last several days, even when they've been losing these games. Your new leadoff hitter, Garrett the Hamp. Hampson, that's a terrible nickname. That was some, that was some boy meets with Corey the Corey Matthews. Now that was uh, <laughs> Garrett Hampson really has cemented himself into the leadoff role for the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, I still think there's the possibility that at some point later in the season he surrenders that back to David Dahl once Dahl gets hot. But I think that really is like the double positive of this because I expect Dahl to get better. He's a good hitter. He's a good player. He's going to be fine. He's going to figure it out. There had been more questions about whether or not what Garrett Hampson does can translate to the big leagues. And it's looking more and more, especially when you combine what he's done over the last several games and really when he's been in there all season with what he did last September you're seeing in Garrett Hampson a very valuable everyday player. So if he stays in the leadoff spot and that allows David Dahl to solidify himself eventually as like that number six guy and, and be a bit more of a, a power run producer guy, or if Hampson cools off a little bit and Dahl heats up and you decide you like Dahl back in the leadoff spot and Hampson maybe to reboot things down at the bottom, whatever you want to do, you've got a great situation there because I do think there's going to be a point where both of those guys are going for the Rockies and that's great, great news for the team. But if Dahl was struggling because of the unique 
nature of handling the leadoff spot, particularly at the big league level. I mean, he'd done it in the minors, but it's tougher at the big leagues. Then I think this could be good news for everybody involved. So that is your 20th and Blaze Street team. On that note, because we can't seem to get Patrick back, it sounds like there's been a Comcast outage in his area. Uh, Wonderful timing, Uh, but we'll just have to sign this one off for today. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of the DFA Show and the DNVR Rockies podcast. Make sure that you're following us on all the social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Make sure that you're subscribed to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. You can get yourself some discounts on all of our cool merchandise, including hats, shirts, a couple of new Rocky shirts that we got out there, masks to keep yourself safe, and come on down to the DNVR bar, especially if the abs are on, and say hello. I will be there. I'll be there during and, well, not during. I'll be there after most of the upcoming Rockies games here in Texas. We'll preview that series for you tomorrow. Talk about everything coming up for you. So make sure that you're sticking with us through all of that. Remaining absolutely awesome out there. I will remain absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. 